0: You're listening to the Gem Hammer, and Sons podcast, the only podcast where Connor and Joe discuss how to make your games more better. Roll initiative. So, here we are. Yes, we are. It is November. Finally. So that means a couple of things. The first, Halloween, had
1: happened. Yeah, it was yesterday.
0: Yes, well, when you people listen to it, it'll be like a week ago. That's true. But for us now, then, it was, had, have been, will be, yesterday. Once in future Halloween. (laughs) Days of future Halloween, (laughs) as as it's known. Uh, I know that you and I were together yesterday. True story. We weren't playing D&D. Unfortunately
1: not. Which is weird for a Monday, but we were together regardless. It's very with, strange. With the Halloween. I didn't actually hear how your weekend was. Uh, well, I was working on the cards the whole weekend. So uh, I didn't really have much of one. Uh, I got up and jumped on the computer and worked on the cards. Kate had been working on the boxes. Um, and that went out
0: in the weekly update. Yes, we the did post pictures. post-picture. Nice.
1: And uh, we got the, uh, the proofs in for the Deck of Illusions. And I discovered I had made a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> where I mixed up the bleed line and the cut line. So <laughs> where the, where the cards should have stopped... Um, it then continued to go on for for about an inch and a half.
0: So I that to... sounds a lot like inside baseball to me with cut lines and bleed lines. It would have been much better if you just like we've made a horrible mistake. They're cursed now. They don't <laughs> every illusion it actually spawns that person and it comes and attacks
1: you. Uh, I think that we just invented a really cool cursed item. I'm um, right, it down, which will figure into our later conversation. But um, when we talk about some cursed items, cursed deck of illusion. I went to the wrestling. Yeah, that's right. I I saw that post by you and Phil.
0: Yeah, we... uh, It was uh, in Boston. They did the Hell in a Cell, which was awesome. Everything was great until literally it ended. (laughs) It it was terrible. Uh, This isn't a wrestling podcast, so I won't go into it. But uh, Except to say that the first ever women's match to headline a pay-per-view was Sunday. Mm -hmm. And the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match was, you know... Sunday Mm -hmm. and the champion was from Boston and it started with her getting injured but then running off the stretcher before they were about to give her opponent the belt by forfeit and she fought back and she fought valiantly and lost it in the end after she tried to get thrown through a table twice and the table wouldn't break and then they pinned her one two three it could have been a great moment First ever women to headline a pay-per-view, confetti everywhere in our hometown, and they just threw it away for... reasons? I don't know. Left a sour taste in my mouth, and now I'm sad. But then, yesterday was Halloween,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, we had like 12 trick-or-treaters in my house.
1: Yeah, we had like four people show up down here. Yeah, so
0: I get tons of candy. Like, that's what I had for breakfast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't get any... Beth got all the candy, um... So there's a huge bowl of candy in the next room that I don't want in the house. Um, and I'm just. She's like, "No, but we can eat all this candy." And I'm like, "I don't. I don't actually want to eat all this candy. I don't want to eat 90 Snickers bars." Well, there goes our sponsorship with Mars. You we know were, what? We were never getting a sponsorship with Mars, and if we we're getting a sponsorship with any candy company, it's gonna be Cadbury.
0: <laughs> I would love to know. Why it would specifically be Cadbury. Because
1: Cadbury has better chocolate. It's the best chocolate, period. Well,
0: you know what the best chocolate is. The What's best that? chocolate comes from Mars Brand. That's right, Mars Brand. Makers of Smith, Snickers and Milky Ways, Three Musketeers, and M&M's.
1: You said m ms
0: <laughs> You know what? If they want me to pronounce it right, they'll start paying me. <laughs> I am looking uh, for a new job as a candy spokesman. So,
1: I... I don't believe so you. So I'm just saying,
0: I mean, if, if someone wants to hire me as a candy spokesman, I'll do it. Fair enough. So Cadbury, if you want all the wonderful internet people to know how good your chocolate is, which right now is
1: terrible because you don't pay me. Uh, you should if, listen to facts because they bring that up every time they eat American chocolate. <laughs> oh, it's not very good at all. Yeah, I don't much care for that. It's <laughs> just this, this white chocolate with candy corn. What the hell is Candy corn. Candy corn. Is it like corn? That's that's candy. Like candied it's, it's, corn. It's just wax. So it is, is wax. Not
0: like anything. At all. <laughs> We're gonna get content ID'd when we put this on YouTube. Like, hey man, you just stole straight from the entire FAX candy video. What is
1: what is that guy's name? The guy that's uh, the guy in the jacket or no, the, not no, not leather the, jacket. Don't guy. much care for that at all. No, the guy that like everything is I don't like it or it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, don't taste like anything. Like, I wonder what he eats, like, in real life. Because it's not just, like, the foreign food that he has that problem with. He has that problem with his own country's food. It's like, it's like everything he drinks is laced with nothing but vinegar. He's like, oh, oh, nope, nope, nope. I think we
0: should explain. Facts is like... Irish Buzzfeed, I guess. Yeah, is the best way to
1: put it. Yeah, it's basically Irish Buzzfeed. It's a bunch of Irish people sitting in front of a camera trying American and Canadian food and yeah. So they, Japanese they have soft drink
0: reaction videos. I think the one that went up yesterday was like young boys explain girls' toys or things like that. Yeah. Um. But they they often do it with food, and there's just this this one gentleman who, if you want to be on the podcast, we will let you come to America to
1: we're not paying for it no no but you are welcome to come down
0: and be on the podcast and explain why everything you eat you you take a bite and then go no nah, I don't much care for that at all no
1: nah, yeah, it's, it's a strange like there's a guy that you know he's always talking about why isn't, why isn't there cabbage in it and that's kind of a running joke he was like, do American people just think that everything we eat is meat and cabbage and potatoes because they're right, you know, and it's kind of like this this long, drawn-down joke they keep keeps running out but the, you know what would make this great? It's if there was cabbage in it, you know? And, it's like, we're having
0: whiskey sour. That doesn't really, <laughs> Yeah. these are um, incongruous but ingredients. But so like, like, when
1: that guy says something like that, it's, like, very obviously a joke, and some of them will, like, make jokes about stuff, but he's, like, always, like, deadpan, like, straight face serious, just like, nope. Yeah, I don't much care for, for that. Don't much care for that. Uh, it
0: tastes not like really at all. what bad things would taste like if I put them in my mouth? So, go check them out. I, I really enjoy their videos. Uh, I think you and I, like, independently found them. Yes, yeah, so like, nice.
1: like uh, I think we, I just started talking about it. No, we were, we were driving to Vermont.
0: We were driving to Vermont Comic and,
1: Con. I, and Kate and I were making a joke about that, and I turned around and started to explain facts, and you go, I know facts. And it was like, <laughs> what?
0: I like it when people like the things I like, not because I like them, but because they also have found it and like it. Hmm. Right? It's different. That's like, oh man, you should check out Lindy Beige if you want to hear about shield walls. I'm going to plug him because I think he's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast... You should, you should listen to Game Theory if you want to watch a lot of videos about Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: I bet they are live streaming a Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location playthrough right now.
1: Probably I mean, probably not because that's what they've been doing for the last couple weeks and uh, they, he just posted a video that kind of like sums up the whole thing with Purple Guy. Okay,
0: if you guys want to know exactly when we recorded this, 22 minutes ago... Uh, facts posted, hungover people, taste test, hangover cures from around the globe. <laughs> we should do that. Screw this game thing. We should just get <laughs> drunk and then try not to be drunk anymore. Nope, don't
1: much care for it.
0: Here's the thing, what if the first one works? Then they're not hungover anymore and what's even the point? Do they have to come back tomorrow this drunk sound, This doesn't
1: sound like a scientific study at all. Where's the control group?
0: (laughs) Control group is just some completely different, drunk, you know, hungover Irish people in the corner. We have
1: two control groups. One that we're leaving completely alone. And one that we're giving more alcohol.
0: I don't see any reason why. Well, I mean, like,
1: hair of the dog is
0: a thing. I suppose that is true, yeah. Yeah,
1: Here's the thing, is that you couldn't really have a control group with that, could you? Because it's like, even water would help... A yeah. hangover. Also, time. Yeah, right, <laughs> so it's kind of like... Like, what could you possibly placebo effect for a hangover? I mean, at a certain point,
0: you have to... Like, no medical ethics board is going to be like, we're going to get a bunch of people, like, rip-roaring drunk and then talk to them in the morning. Nobody's going to approve that anyway.
1: Well, I mean, no, not in this country, and not legally.
0: I <laughs> mean, <laughs> Oh, all them black market science experiments that are happening with control groups.
1: I mean... Moral ambiguous science is is my favorite science of all time.
0: You know, this was published in the journal Morally Ambiguous Science, Morally Ambiguous Science Monthly. Okay, I, I'm. This is my new career path list. Morally ambiguous science, the journal.
1: Just just a, just a picture of a guy in like a blue jumpsuit standing in front of a bunch of glass tubes, and it says cloning in Jersey. <laughs>
0: You know what's terrible? When you said Jersey, I immediately went, Oh, that island off the coast of England. They're not really part of Great Britain, which so it's like morally. No, like New Jersey. Yeah, I, got, I get that yeah. now. I
1: ruin all my fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun. MBC, oh, the week. Oh, we're doing that again. We're really going to stop. We're going to run out of things. And only none one- of them are interesting.
0: There's only one way to run out of things, and that's to do them all. Gotta Until we start doing doubles. A gnome. Paladin. Okay. Already good. I don't think we've had a paladin yet. Who is a
1: charlatan. I have so many questions. I'm so glad we did this now. So, um,
0: I have two ways of thinking of this. Okay. First is the redemption story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gnome was... Whose name is also going to be Marshmallow Flip a bit like every other gnome <laughs> we've
1: ever had. Uh, oh, you know what it should be? It should be just like the Music Man. He <laughs> should be like going from town to town selling penny whistles, like calling everyone. I'm going to start a penny whistle band. You want the kids to stay away from stick and hoop. Mm-hmm. They're all getting all sorts of trouble with stick and hoop.
0: Yes, that's stick and hoop with a capital S, and that rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. That doesn't—they don't rhyme. You picked a—you picked a bad old student. <laughs> stick and hoop. <laughs> It's like, oh, all the ruffians going around poking hoops with sticks.
1: Uh, but, and then he. Stick a hoop, which has a P, which rhymes with T. That's, that's for trouble. And that stands for trouble. Yep. Right here in Hammerstone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got trouble. Right here in Hammerstone. Uh, so he was the charlatan, this music man kind of guy, but then found one of the lawful good gods.
1: Right? Found orcs. No. It's not that actually. sounds a little too much like Orcus. Orcus, you see, it's Orcs is like is the destiny big like evil okay. Bad guy god thing that you have to go fight and kill. Uh so I just like mixed them up in my head. That's like I started saying it, went, "Nope, that's the other one with almost the same name and function." But um no, or Orcus. Orcus, yeah. Then he found Orcus and turned his life around yep. and then, you know, too far the other way.
0: Kept going around. <laughs> yep. Uh, the other idea is that, you know, he's sort of a charlatan-y, you know, kind of paladin, right, using his things for evil. But I don't like paladins that way, like we'll talk about later. Anti-paladins? Anti-paladins are fine, but I didn't roll anti-paladin. I just rolled paladin.
1: There, I mean, you didn't put a thing down for anti-paladin. I didn't.
0: And I don't intend to. So you want to see what we got over
1: here? Yeah, let's do it. Which one first? The nine. A, nine? Yep. Three. That's a halfling.
0: Twelve. The background is soldier.
1: Five, and a fighter. So the only thing weird about this guy is that he's a halfling. So he's a halfling, soldier fighter. Soldier fighter. Okay, so this is a halfling. Um, he he grew up um, in kind of like a rural community, and like he and his friends like get embroiled in this like elaborate war, and it, it's like way over his head, but you know. As he, he ends up, like, because he's, like, involved in this whole grand plot, he ends up, like, training with a sword and becoming a fighter, and, like, he just wants to prove himself to the other horsemen, and... Wait, no, this is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> that is the plot of, of
0: most of Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, wait, no, that's Merry and Pippin. So, Merry and Pippin, NPCs, to- totally not appropriated <coughs> for your game. I mean,
0: there is... uh. You know, there's other ways of being a soldier, right? He could
1: have been an archer. Maybe he was a scout. Yeah? Mm. Well, that's smart. It's not really a fighter, though, at that point. No, a uh, scout's a fighter class. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. I think that's an Unearthed Arcana fighter class. Hmm. Mm. Check that out. Um, actually, let me let me, let me me double check. Please continue with whatever you were yeah, saying.
0: Yeah, I was thinking uh, fighters have their fighting styles, and one of them is ranged combat, right? An archer who's drilled and trained just like his other you know, with all his archer friends, could be just as effective as a soldier, you know, in a big battlefield kind of situation, Uh, and then using all his cool special fighter abilities to um, bow. Actually, while you're doing that, I'm going to check to see if archery is actually a fighter uh,
1: battle-style thing. uh, Fighter-scout. This is an on arthed arcana? Yep. The archetypical scout excels at finding safe passage through dangerous regions. Scouts usually favor light armor and ranged weapons, but they are comfortable using heavier gear when faced with intense fighting.
0: Yeah, and uh, fighting style could certainly be archery. I would take that as my martial archetype, as opposed to, you know, scout. As opposed to, like, champion or, or battlemaster. is battle really about, like, maneuvers. Um, and champion seems to be about just, like, strength and... Though,
1: and, so I guess, improved critical... Makes Scout sense. is, by the way, Aragon, the uh, the the class. Yes, it's it's magicless ranger with fighter abilities, and actually even died.
0: champion seems useful. You get to uh, add half your proficiency bonus to checks you make. Uh, you get to crit on nineteen twenty. You get to at fifteenth eighteen to twenty, and then at eighteenth level uh, five plus your con modifier. Uh, if you lose. Uh, if you have no more than half your hit points, you regain five plus your con modifier at the start of every turn. So, I would go champion, archery, soldier. That's
1: what I would do. Yeah. So, fighter, cavalier, because it just has to be like one page up. Um, how would you rule? And I know this is like this, like totally wasn't planned. Like we weren't going to talk about any of this at all. Like, how would you rule like them having a mount? Because like. Nothing in here says that you start the game with a mount. But it's so it would be so weird for you. Like, most of your abilities are based around fighting on the back of something. Yep. So, like, how do you get one? Roleplay. play. Or you buy one. Right, but wouldn't it be weird if you didn't start off with one? Yeah,
0: it is. I, I know in Pathfinder, Cavaliers do, but they have sort of their own class. Um, this is the DMG, and I don't have it. But, uh, you know, a halfling, you're talking about, like, a dog. Right, so.
1: Well, I still love. The, I still love the idea about being a and a soldier a, starts a gobbling with a cavalier on the back of a wark,
0: and a, or a soldier or something. You know, a soldier starts with ten gold pieces. So, how much could a dog really cost? Right,
1: and that's uh,
0: that's NPC
1: of the week. NPC of the week. So, any reactions we get? Uh, some people liked our posts on Twitter. That was nice um, of them. One guy uh, commented on a comment that we had made about the deck. Uh, from the original Kickstarter that we had sent a comment to Nerdarchy about it. And it was like, Yeah, it's too bad this didn't go through and I just kinda responded with, but it did several months later. It's available <laughs> for pre-order now. Go to gemhammer.com. Oh, from the first failed Kickstarter yeah. he commented on? Like just
0: check. Is there like a comment? Can we still update
1: the the one that didn't work? Yeah, we can update that. But you no, know, it wasn't so we had posted... A, so, uh, Nerdarchy... It's weird. Every time we do anything with the deck of many things, Nerdarchy posts a video about a deck of many things. And we yep. had actually contacted them at one point about sending them decks. We just haven't had them all in to send to them just yet. And I also didn't want to give them decks before... Everybody else. at the, the Kickstarter. paid for them, yeah. The people that paid for them got them. Um, but don't worry, Nerdarchy, if you are happen to be listening, you'll get them soon. Um, uh, so... It, it's weird that they like keep posting stuff about the deck of many things right whenever we're doing stuff about it. So, the first time that happened, uh, was when we were in the middle of the first Kickstarter, and I just posted a comment on the, on their video, like, Hey, you know, you should check this out because these guys are making one. It's actually me, but that's fine. Check it out. <laughs> um, and like yesterday, a guy commented on that comment saying, It's too bad when these things don't get put through. This is really cool. I'd have supported it. And it's like, Oh. Well, pay funny, up or shut up at this point. Funny story. That have I know. got news for you.
0: So that's all we have for reactions at NPC of the Week. We'll be right back with Tales from the Table.
1: Kind Wait. of. No, we won't. We didn't play a game. Because we didn't play yesterday. So no Tales from the Table this week. We'll be back with that next week. Bye, Dice. Bye. Yeah, Get we're... ready for another fake ad.
0: Woo! Or maybe a real ad, who knows? Snickers.
1: <laughs> hey, Trunks Tag Battler here. Are you and your companions going on a perilous journey of dire consequence? Is your princess a priestess currently the hostage of a dastardly troop of villains unknown? Is your kingdom or fortress besieged by a legion of the undead? Is this situation like as or applicable to your collective problems? You deserve professional adventure and experience that you can trust. I'm Trunk Stag Battler of Stag Battler and Sons Professional Adventure and Services Incorporated, and I will fight for you. I can be reached anytime via my cellular crystal ball. Just dial me at 782-422-88537. So what
0: did you think of the last podcast? i realized that we uh we failed one of the sort of weekly things that everyone is like excited to when we do once a week what's that we didn't uh, bitch about 5e and
1: how it could be different <laughs> you mean you didn't bitch about? well i've done my fair share that's fair all right yeah moving on 5e we've played a lot we've... and we also kind of hate it it's <laughs> really confusing it's it's like the girlfriends i had in college
0: you play them a lot, but yeah. Okay, I'm just not going <laughs> to extend that metaphor, Eddie, for your behalf. So one thing that 5e
1: got No, of- you see, it's like you take the dice and you roll them. And then, like, they want you to go to their mother's house. And you're like, okay, we can do that. But first, I need to check my armor class. And then uh, you make a nice casserole. And you go there and uh, you roll initiative.
0: You went to a weird college.
1: <laughs> a weird, weird college. Welcome to Massachusetts.
0: Hail Massachusetts, land Nobody knows the Massachusetts state anthem, do they?
1: No. Just me? Just you. Okay. That, of, well, not just you. <laughs> but in this but room, you are the kind, certainly. But certainly in this room.
0: One of the things that 5e got rid of, which I always liked, was alignment restrictions for classes. Hmm. Now, I know very early on there are, like, racial restrictions, which I don't like. There are ability score restrictions that I don't like. But I really did like the alignment restrictions. And maybe it's just that's what I'm used to, right? Uh, sort of cutting my teeth on Pathfinder. But there were really good fluff reasons why paladins needed to be lawful good. Clerics needed to be one step from their god. Barbarians couldn't be lawful uh monks had to be lawful right uh i think 3.5 has a rogues can't be lawful but i don't agree with that pathfinder got yeah. rid of it
1: because you could what just about be like robin
0: a, hood yeah or you could be well he's chaotic good
1: oh right yeah <laughs> he's
0: the archetype of chaotic good but you know think of a scout right in the in the, you know in a scout's of fighter class we just did that think of it think of a soldier who is a scout Okay. Right? Sneaking around and, and hiding in the shadows and saying what's going on over there. A James Bond. Yeah, a James Bond thing. He's lawful. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a better example. Yeah. So I don't see any reason why, wa- I mean, I have gotten into way too many arguments about whether or not Batman is lawful or chaotic. Um... But I would argue that given his personal code that he cares about above all else, mm-hmm. he is inherently lawful. But he's sneaky and stabby in the back yeah, right?
1: I mean, he doesn't stab you in the back, but...
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, he, like, throws you a battering at you, which stabs you in the back.
1: But... But still, ra- ranged daggers.
0: But right now, you can have a lawful neutral barbarian. Yep. Someone whose entire alignment is based on the idea that there's an order to things, And that we need to follow the rules that have been established, either personally or the laws of the community. And that through routine and through, you know, doing the same thing the same way, we can get the best results. Oh, except when I need bonuses to my damage, in which case I'll decide to rage. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make sense to me. No. And on the offhand, you could have, you know, a monk.
1: Well, I mean... In the same way that you argue for Batman being lawful because of his personal code of conduct, mm-hmm. one could argue that like there's like a like the law of his people is in accordance with this and that he's very true to that law. And at what point is that not also lawful? Because that's the law that he's that's the only law he's ever known. Hmm. Right, but how could you have a system
0: of laws that's just like keep what you just kill? Just wreck shit, bro. Keep what you kill? I don't think a barbarian that way, right? Really,
1: you would you don't think Riddick is a barbarian? No, could like, could be a barbarian.
0: I, I don't see rage out of him, right? I see calculation and making decisions, but none never just a, like a blind fury hit anything that moves. So
1: so, so you would say that um, he lacks fury. You would say that a being who is by definition a furian lacks fury in
0: 5 i i'm gonna i'm gonna say nice things chris because we all know chris perkins listens to the podcast and we've proven it
1: yeah definitively
0: one of the things i really like about 5e is you leave a rage if you don't hit someone or get hit this turn which i really like because you get this idea of it's just blind and it's crazy and it's just hit anything around. Mm-hmm. I don't see that out of out of Riddick. I haven't seen the new one, but Pitch Black and Chronicles, you don't see that. All you see is, you know, he's, he stabs people, but, you know, the people he wants to stab, not just anyone around. Mm-hmm. The one that really upsets me is Paladin, right? Paladins are martially useful and can cast spells. And like the... The thing that breaks... The reason that they aren't OP is because they have to be lawful
1: good. Right? I always on, saw that hold on as on a second, Hold on, on a second. Something just yeah. occurred to me. Uh, so, Riddick's rule isn't keep what you kill. Yeah,
0: it's, it's the... It's the... necro. No, the, they're not called the Necromancers, but they're called something like that.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Gotta Google Riddick necromongers necromongers yeah so i mean more than a few of the necromongers are filled with fear i mean filled with like this rage you know so
0: hmm. we'll have to watch it
1: i mean they're also clearly a very orderly society of like these are the rules
0: right well i'm after we're done with this we will uh, watch reddick and then in this section right here uh you will hear which one of us was right connor was i guess
1: I don't know how long should we
0: wait. I mean, we're can. It's we going to audio edit it. We can do as much time as we want.
1: Oh, we didn't actually need to do any time. None whatsoever. Just... Oh. Okay. So we should start talking again.
0: Yeah. Okay. See, I'm glad I was right. Or we... that you were. But I'm glad we settled it.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> going, going back to Paladins. <laughs> I always saw the Paladin nerf. The thing that made paladins kept paladins from being OP was that they had this alignment restriction. Mm-hmm. That sure, you are more you're just mathematically better than a fighter, mm-hmm. right? Because you can also cast spells and stuff. So, the thing that keeps you from just wrecking shop is that when you do, you lose all your spells and your martial prowess and your horse or whatever. You lose the things that make you a paladin because your god doesn't like you very much anymore. Mm. The other thing that I really upsets me is clerics no longer needing to be close to their god. Yeah. Now, you don't have domains anymore. I,
1: I do really like that Dom uh, when he plays a cleric, he makes sure to role play that he's like making sure that he's staying within the confines. He's like, whereas like before we'd play, he'd be like, "Yeah, screw it, we're gonna burn the town down and take everything." And they, like now it's like, "All right, hold on." Guys, maybe we shouldn't burn this town down and take everything they know. Right.
0: <laughs> and role playing wise, that's great. But I would like I it like ruled. it when my my role playing and my mechanics sort of fit together. Right. And there is no mechanics anymore to deny cleric spells when they do something clearly evil when they worship a good god or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one that I like is, is monks, right? Monks used to have to be lawful. It wasn't like barbarians where you couldn't be lawful. It's not like you can't be chaotic. You have to be lawful.
1: Yeah, it's really important that you follow the rules when you like transcribe all those scrolls into books. That's not the kind of monk we're ever <laughs> talking about. You know
0: they, they have that vow of obedience to their superior, to their abbot. But like the the D&D monk is like he's Bruce Lee, right? Mm-hmm. And it's you get to be Bruce Lee because you follow a structure right i learned that if i kick this way and i wake up every morning and i do these exercises if you just throw caution to the wind now you're just a guy who kicks really hard and you're not a monkey. one
1: could argue that like the classes are just like categorizing abilities and that like there's there's very easily could be people that are like chaotic evil that know martial arts
0: See, here's where I disagree. I don't think if you are inherently chaotic, you have the, you know, sort of inner focus required to be good at martial arts. And I think that's what the alignment restriction is saying. That in order, it's not that...
1: I mean, I, I, I disagree. I think that if someone is looking for a means to an end, mm-hmm. and they know that, like, this like this style of fighting is the best style of fighting, in their opinion, is the most is, useful to them, yep. learning that f- style of fighting, is worth their time.
0: That is a inherently lawful calculation you just made there, right? I don't think think of a bugbear
1: making that decision, right? Sort of the epitome of chaotic evil. But chaos and law yeah. aren't about the internal monologue of how we get here. It's your actions in the eyes of the law. I disagree. All right. Well, then, in in your example of Robin Hood, Robin Hood is chaotic, yes, because he's against the 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 prince, and he's and how they're hurting the people, and yep. he's going to step down. But he's done. He's he's very methodically said, "I'm going to make myself an outlaw, and I'm going to rob the rich and give to the poor, and this is how, and I'm going to plan out these attacks and these raids, and this is how I'm going to do it." so that we can establish the true law, which is King Richard. So at what point does he not become lawful by that? We, we have to go to the book,
0: because uh, I honestly don't know how to answer that question. Right? That, that I mean, because here's argument, the thing. Because right? here's the thing,
1: is that Robin Hood, he's, it's not that he's not lawful, it's that he's not, he doesn't agree with this law. Right, he agrees with the law of the true law, King Richard. You know, and, and maybe that's just, I mean, that's that's a anecdotal example. So right, like, but it's a great counterexample
0: to the argument I was making. So. Right. Alignment, alignment. It just doesn't exist in this book, does it? Why would it? Fucking
1: Perkins. Perkins!
0: Okay, here's what it says about... You love your
1: goddamn water deep, but not alignment restrictions. What do we got? Waffle.
0: Okay, there's literally a page. Like, a sentence. There's literally a sentence on each of them. There are two kinds of, there are two sentences for each. One explains it, and then the second one is, these kind of things are that, right? So lawful good. Lawful good creatures can be counted on to do the right thing as expected by society. Gold dragons, paladins, and most dwarves are lawful good, even though there is no paladin lawful restriction. Mm -hmm. Um, Chaotic good. Creatures act as their conscience directs with little regard for what others expect. Okay. Okay. Uh, lawful neutral act in accordance to the law tradition or personal code neutral good do what the best do the best they can to help others according to their needs neutral is the alignment of those who prefer to steer clear of moral questions and don't take sides doing what seems best at the time i think that is an absolutely terrible definition for neutral because there are some neutral characters who actively strive to maintain balance Mm -hmm. as
1: opposed to just not caring but that's the same thing that's what they said at the time,
0: yeah. Chaotic neutral follow their whims, holding their personal freedom above all else. Lawful evil methodically take what they want within the limits of the code of tradition, loyalty, or order. Neutral evil is the alignment of those who do whatever they can get away with without compassion or qualms. And chaotic evil creatures act with arbitrary violence, spurred by their greed, hatred, or bloodlust. These are really poorly defined in this book. I agree. Though, you could make a $40 book about all the alignments. And,
1: and if Chris Perkins would like us to make a $40 book for each alignment. Not for each alignment, but... I know, mean, for alignments. Yeah. Uh, we, we would we would be more than willing to do that for you. Yeah.
0: Give I, us a call, Chris. Because Wizards are up here in the Northeast, right? Wizards of the Coast? Yeah.
1: No, they're like in Seattle.
0: Yeah, up here in the Northwest.
1: No, the other coast.
0: Aren't we in the Northwest?
1: We're in the northeast. Chris, we'll go to you. That's, That's how right. Much... We will travel all the way to south of Vancouver to, <laughs> to visit you guys. We'll, we'll head right to North Portland
0: and help you guys out. Just to alienate all our Seattle friends. And just really get under Chris Perkins' skin. <laughs> Going back to monks and whether or not they are inherently lawful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you hear you heard it in almost every you know um, lawful descriptor that it's about traditions and honor and the codes. You know what I mean?
1: what society, blah, 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 blah.
0: I mean, you only heard society and lawful good, right? True, but... Though that feels a lot more... Those nine that we just read feel a lot more like the old five uh, alignments in 4E. That it's sort of a spectrum. Because no one's ever been chaotic good. What even is that?
1: Mm. We (laughs)
0: We can't even talk about how bad 5E is without talking about how terrible 4E was.
1: I mean, I guess what you can really say about 5E is that it's better than 4E. And that and ain't only... nothing.
0: <laughs> and that's not nothing. That's we not could, nothing. We could certainly I, I do, do really, ours. I do
1: really enjoy 5E. It's just that there's little things like this that it's like, I feel like 4E was so bad that Hasbro was like, we're going to give you one more shot at this. And like pushed it out. And so it's like there were just little things that had to fall by the wayside because they just didn't have the time. And, and this is one of them. Because like, do we really need alignment restrictions? Screw it. Roll it out. Right.
0: If we have alignment restrictions, we'll have to use more than two sentences to explain every alignment. Right. So I understand. we have to go back and rewrite Paladin.
1: <laughs> then
0: what? I understand the decision they made. It just upsets me. It makes me sad on a level. Probably a personal level. Almost certainly not a professional level. But definitely... On um, a level. Yeah. Level 1-3. Mario so,
1: Maker, yeah. We should play some Mario Maker. I should play Mario Maker. Do you, have, you don't have a Wii U. No, I have a Wii. You. Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. So, but the new, the new Nintendo's coming out, so... Oh, the Switch. Yeah, what whatever the hell that is. I
0: don't. The Super DS Lite. It's it's either going to be the greatest thing ever, or, or just the like absolute worst. Eh, all right. It can't be the absolute worst. It's not going to be Virtual Boy. Hmm. It's not going to literally cause you pain from playing it. True. Or maybe it will. Maybe those little joystick things have spikes on them. I don't know. Maybe every game requires amiibo to, to function properly. <laughs> It's not Activision. It's a Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so the great news about alignment restriction is the player's handbook doesn't have them. But you can put them in. You
1: have rule zero. True story. And Sorry guys, are playing alignment restrictions. I'm going to beat up this town's folk and take their stuff. You can't. You're a lawful good. Right. Oh.
0: Or you can, but you're going to lose your spells. Right? your yeah. your, your, clair- your turn
1: on dead ability. I never really understood that part. You know, it's like, say there's no alignment restrictions. Mm-hmm. What really keeps a character from just wavering back and forth through different alignments? The same thing that prevents you from wavering back and forth from different alignments? I mean, the whim of the player at the time making the character do... Like, there's nothing stopping a, pl- a player from saying that their character does something contrary to their normal nature. mm mm-hmm. And then switching back to it later. Especially when there's like... all right, mechanically. Well, no. you're going to have to switch alignments. You know, it's like, all right, so I switch. And then later, all right, I switch back. Yeah, there's no mechanical difference. As a DM,
0: if it were me, I would go, okay, well, people know not to trust you because they don't know which one of you they're dealing business with right now. Mm. It's going to be hard to get jobs in this town because maybe it'll be the righteous protector of the good... Who will go save the orphans from the fire. Or maybe it will be that guy who burned down the the orphanage.
1: orphanage. I'll save the orphans from the fire. You started the fire. And I'll Uh, save them too. You need to know how the criminals think.
0: And I know exactly what this arsonist was thinking. He thought, (laughs) "Mm, I should burn down the orphanage. (laughs) It's got a good good woody smell to it. (laughs) Mm, Go on. Oh, another bath! I actually, um, this is unrelated to alignment restrictions, but it, is, it does have to do with Gorn. We, are of course, referencing an old Monty Python sketch,
1: and not the Star Trek race. Um,
0: <laughs> but I, uh, I'm playing a, a game with some guys, uh, some soccer friends, mm-hmm. uh, starting on the 13th of this month. I would, I would look at the calendar, but our interns haven't changed it yet, and. I like to name my characters after the Saints. Um, and I'm playing a ranger. A new uh, Unearthed Arcana ranger Since you're not going to let me, so I might as well do it with them.
1: And I thought I'm not going to let you. Who said it? You did. Oh, no, yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay. No, I was thinking... Of, no, the new, okay, I'm on board. Yep. yep. And it's broken as hell, man. But if, uh, if Gregory wants to multi-class as a ranger, there are like six Unearthed Arcana <laughs> rangers. So pick any of the other ones but that one.
0: Uh, and I am, um, I, of course, because I'm going to be a ranger, went for the patron saint of archery. Mm. Nicholas is one of the patron saints of archery, but I'm like, I already have Nicky Lemonfest. I'm not having two characters named Nick. Mm. So i went with Sebastian, but I also do this thing with elves. Remember Errolous Sealeaf. Um, Legolas Greenleaf did this, and that's why I take it. He's got his name in common and then the exact same, in Elvish, and then the exact same name in common, Mm -hmm. right? Because, like, Legolas means Greenleaf, and Errolous meant Sealeaf. Right, which is why they sound similar. Yeah. Um, Sebastian, as a word, means valorous or having valor. And luckily, there is an elvish word for valor. Aragorn has valor in there. It means the, the king of valor, mm-hmm. Aragorn. Uh, so, my, so just Sebastian Gorn is my, my character's <laughs> name. And that is your aside about how I name my characters elvish and me saying the word gorn because it gives me confidence
1: we'll be back after these messages
0: probably just gonna be one message
1: yeah whatever you know what i'm doing two this week okay send said whatever
0: <laughs> you gotta fight me on something sometimes we're here today for cure wounds light our potion is cold brewed in the spine of the world using only the Finest quality. I have newt in Dragon's Liver. Perfect for a barbecue with your bros, relaxing on the beach, or recovering from a fight with a goblin. One goblin. A small goblin. Remember that's Cure Wounds Light. tastes Great. Less healing. Cure Wounds Light would like to remind you to please quaff responsibly. As always, the Gem Hammer Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Patreon is a voluntary subscription service where you can support the people who make the more better stuff that you like. We have tons of rewards, like the Facebook group that we're in almost every single day. So if you want to hear us talk about something that's important to you, there's no better place than that patron Facebook group. So if you're interested in hanging out in a patrons-exclusive Facebook group with Connor, me, and everyone else who enjoys more better game stuff, just go to patreon.com gemhammer to find out more. Man, I'm so glad that I remembered to do two ads this week, like I said I was going to, back in Tales from the Table. Yeah, forty seconds ago in our time. Yeah, right. Like two ads ago for these people. Mm. So, if I just keep saying two ads, I'll remember to put in two
1: ads. Two ads. Two
0: ads. I you want ads. to say that if you guys have ideas for for humorous ads, I'm I'm slowly running. I'm quickly running out of ideas. For uh services that s- some adventuring party would want to purchase, uh, so feel free to uh to shoot us a comment, shoot us an email, scribe at gemhammer, uh, or comment on the YouTube page, what have you, and uh, maybe I'll record something up for you guys. So our big topic,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to our other small mini topic, because we didn't do tales from the table, so we're doing two topics instead. Two topics. Two ads. Two 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 two. Oh, I forgot to say this is this is episode eleven, Jamhammer Podcast Sunshine.
1: Is <laughs> that was that a Mario Sunshine reference? Yes, Mario. Sunshine. I'm not sure. I want to. I'm not sure. I want to count Mario Sunshine as part of the main series. Well, they do. Good for them. <laughs> it's not a Super Mario something. It's not a Mario World. It's, it's Super like, Mario Sunshine. Is it? I yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. I don't know. It's just like it's, it, like the whole like. GameCube era of Mario games was kind of weird for me. It's like, okay, so you made one where Luigi's got a backpack and he's sucking up ghosts and it's like all dark and dark. That cheery. one doesn't count. I didn't count And that then you got Mario, Mario wearing a backpack that sprays water and he cleans graffiti and everything's bright and cheery. It's like you were gonna make one game and then like all the happy preppy kids went in the corner and did their thing, <laughs> and all the like gothy kids went in the corner and did their thing.
0: I should say that I do, in order to make Mario Sunshine number 11, need to include both Mario 2s. So both... What, what about, about the Game Boy Super Marios? They're in there. Hmm. So it's... What about Mario Brothers? I don't have Mario Brothers because that's not in the Super Mario series. Hmm. Um, so it could be new Super Mario Brothers if you're only going to count one of the two Mario 2s.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: So... This is new Gem Hammer podcast. That's just, but that's not funny. So I would have chose something else for the 11th, but Gem Hammer Podcast Sunshine. And we are talking about cursed, cursed items. items. There
1: you that's go. what we decided. We even talked about it a little earlier. You know, we were like cursed items.
0: Yeah, that was like, you know, an hour ago. Who knows? The 3 hours we've been a sitting. A period of time ago. <laughs> so cursed items, I just want to read um from cursed items this is this is for pathfinder but i like it because i don't have a dmg here to read from it cursed items are any magic items with some sort of potentially negative impact on the users occasionally they mix good with bad forcing characters to make difficult choices cursed items are almost never made intentionally instead they are a result of some rushed work inexperienced crafters or lack the proper components While many of these st- items still have functions they either do not work as intended or come with serious drawbacks uh, when a magic item creation skill check fails by five or more roll on the, con- the table to determine the type of curse so if you're going to make a thing if you roll you know like shit, congratulations it might we should just roll we should just roll on the table
1: yeah do it you get dice i do and now that i know this table exists i'd like you to send it to me
0: uh, I'm just I just literally searched cursed items. Cool. It I, the first I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
1: make Dom use this because he's gonna start trying to make magic items when, as soon as you guys get some downtime.
0: Okay, so we're rolling on. Which the, should
1: be after next session, depending on how things go. Um,
0: substitute specific cursed items on table specific cursed items. What? So instead of making that, we you know, hat of a thousand faces mm-hmm. because I rolled a ninety nine the first time. Instead, what gets made is a Mace of Blood. Mace of Blood is a plus three heavy mace that must be coated with blood every day or else its bonus
1: fades away until the mace is coated again. You see, I don't think that makes any sense. Like, you're making a hat. How the hell do you end up with a mace at the end? And I understand magic is involved, but I kind of feel like I would just take take the effect and apply it to whatever item you were trying to make. So, like, you have a hat that must be coated in human blood.
0: The character using the mace must make a Use will save. <laughs> the character using this hat of blood must make a DC thirteen will save every day it is within his possession or become chaotic evil, hmm. which doesn't matter in in D D for all of you people who skipped the last twenty minutes. Uh, but would
1: this doesn't sound so bad at all? Nah. <laughs> and if I'm chaotic evil, I mean I'm covering my head in blood anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> this is the best hat ever. Best hat ever.
0: Okay, what uh, what magic item would you like to see? Uh, produced.
1: Um, I I want a pair of boots. Okay. That let you blink. Okay, so we have
0: intermittent functioning,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: there's an intermittent functioning table. Mm. This is it. Only works if it is above ground. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, not the worst drawback you could have had.
1: Right, but um, until we go to the underdark, and it's like, damn.
0: You know, temperatures below freezing, only works out of direct sunlight, only works underwater. Doesn't sound particularly useful for most people. Mm. On holy days or during particular astrological events. (laughs) There's a comet! Use your boots of blink!
1: (laughs) There's a comet somewhere.
0: Now we're fighting again. (laughs) Why? There's a nice drawback table. Uh, That's another thing you could have rolled. Let's see, just a random drawback from this table, which I always like character becomes paranoid about losing uh, the item and afraid of damage occurring to it, which is nice. But you wanted specifically not just to talk about cursed items. I think uh, most people would be familiar with the concept of cursed items. But also what sort of role-playing shenanigans you could get into with a cursed item. So I'm just going to you know, pick a random cursed item from the random cursed item chart. Here's the hat. This is the Hat of hatred. Hat of Hatreds, plural. This hat performs in all ways like a hat of disguise until its owner attempts to use it to disguise himself in the presence of a hostile creature. Once he does, the hat causes him to assume the guise of the creature or person the hostile creature most wants to harm. The hat never causes the wearer to assume the appearance of someone the viewer wouldn't harm if he had the opportunity. For example, a greatly feared leader of a local temple. Once the hat reveals its true abilities, it no longer responds to attempts by the wearer to change its appearance. Instead, it automatically causes him to take the guise of someone known to and despised by those viewing him, complete with supplementary illusions that make the wearer appear disoriented, injured, or weak. For example, in a goblin lair, the wearer might look like the tribe's chief, but sleepy and vulnerable. In a human town, the wearer might look like the hated local bullies, drunk and staggering. In an evil town, the wearer might look like a confused visitor and appear to be an ideal target to victimize with some crime. As a DM, as a player, how are you uh, hanging out with that? How would you use that hat to its full extent?
1: Hmm. I sell it for an immense amount of money.
0: Oh, uh, a curse-breaking magic is necessary to remove the hat. Oh. Hmm. Well, as a DM, this is great. This allows me those pages and pages of backstory I write on every character. Mm -hmm. Now, instead of just you go into the room and you kill the goblin shaman, he goes, Rick! And you get to know, I've hated you ever since. You you swindled me out of that dice game back in 1985. Now, finally, I will get my ace of clubs back, you scoundrel.
1: Hmm. Could be
0: good. Literally every room this character walks into, <laughs> in whatever language the character speaks, the, the, the enemy, the creature would speak, it's just this long, elaborate, this is why
1: you must die to me today. <laughs> you killed my father. <laughs> Prepare to die.
0: Oh no. That man has six fingers on his right hand.
1: Someone's looking for you. That's, that is the one scene in a movie that I did not understand. Okay. So, Cariel says to the six-fingered man, you have six fingers in your right hand. Someone is looking for you. And he almost, like, panics. Like, holy shit, I've been found out. This is a guy who kills for the king. This is a guy who is, like, no bullshit about, yeah, we're gonna we're totally gonna kill you. We're lying to the princess. Um, and, like, he kind of acknowledged... With him, that that's what's going he on. He built this elaborate, elaborate torture.
0: Rube Goldberg torture machine, <laughs> exactly, and has enslaved some sort of albino to live in a tree and operate it.
1: Right. He's that concerned that you have six fingers in your right hand. Someone is looking for you to give you a prize. Like like, there's no context. It's not. And even when he they, there is that final confrontation, he just runs away. It's it's like it's. It kind of leads you to believe that he knows that he's being hunted by this guy, but does literally nothing to... Like, there's no reason he should know he's being hunted by this guy. Right, and
0: also, how old would Inigo Montoya have been it was a when chance, his father died? Right? Yeah, he was a kid. That's why he lost the duel.
1: Right, like, very quickly, and he and, and he... and in all fairness, he didn't just kill the kid, he just, like, cut his face, and it's like, that's so, you know... And, and then
0: he went to, you know off to study swordsmanship and end up with yeah no
1: it's it's very specifically the way he reacts when he finds out someone's looking for him as though he knows that someone's been hunting him this whole time and has just been hanging out this tree knowing full well that there's someone hunting him down
0: so mandy patinkin i need you to come on the podcast and explain that scene to us (laughs) Cause it Rob doesn't... Reiner,
1: please come on the show and explain you that. You know scene what? To I us. want Mandy Patinkin. He wasn't even in the scene. I want Mandy Patinkin. Well, I know you want Mandy Patinkin, but that's a totally different conversation, Joe. Cool it. I want
0: Mandy Patinkin <laughs> to be on the podcast, <laughs> also. <laughs> okay, Rob Reiner. Fine. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll have you on, and you can tell us how to get a hold of Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What was Archie Bunker like <laughs> Seen his chair in the Smithsonian did you
0: ever sit in the chair like even offset or did he like hit character? you for
1: sitting in his chair with your long hair
0: oh man if we get if we get Rob Reiner on on you know like gem guests we gotta be like we just have to call him Meathead the whole time and see Absol- how yeah. see how long he stays in your kitchen until he leaves and goes I'm out of here this is like not worth it Ah, oh,
1: jeez so like, eat it
0: <laughs> Archie! You've got a much better Edith than me. You're gonna gonna talk like Edith the whole time. Chris items. Guys like us, we had it made. That's a great Peter Griffin and a pretty terrible
1: Archie. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's a. So, I, I, I mean, I've never, I've never worked on my uh, Archie bunker, but you know, honestly, I think if you think about it, I think Archie bunker just sounds like an old Peter Griffin. That's not wrong. Hmm. Like an old sour Peter Griffin.
0: Okay. The. Going back to cursed items, I have here the most expensive magic uh, cursed magic item listed in the Pathfinder player's companion, Black Markets. Mm-hmm. The Bag of Devouring.
1: Ugh. That sucks. Unless you're putting bodies in it, in which case it's awesome. <laughs> so
0: how would you, as a player, best roleplay a Bag of Devouring?
1: Okay, so... Do I know I have the, a bag of devouring or do I think it's a bag of holding?
0: It is a 90% chance of immediately, well, let's say after you found out, because I think that's a more interesting story to tell. Cool.
1: Um, what kind of character am I playing?
0: You're playing a...
1: No, we're not going to do it that way.
0: That was. We're not going to roll an NPC. You're just playing Tormund. You're playing your, your main.
1: All right, so I have, a, I have a bag that I know if I put living things in it, or even non like if i put things in it like some extra dimensional being is going to consume them
0: it's 60% likely to close around the offending member and attempt to draw the whole victim in hmm. and
1: that's every time i reach into the
0: back every time it detects living flesh within such as trying to reach it hmm. there's also a 5% chance of swallowing the contents
1: hmm.
0: into extra dimensional space creatures drawn are consumed in an, in one round did Gygax invent this? This sounds Gygaxian like, yeah, to me. It?
1: Uh, let me think. I, I honestly believe that I would, like, when trying to intimidate someone, put them in the bag.
0: How are you going to convince someone to go in the bag?
1: No, like, you tie them up. And oh, you, like, like, at the end of the fight, you did non-lethal damage. You're like, get up, get up, get up, get up. Yeah, and you, like, hold the bag open. It's like, do you know what this is? And explain it to them. And, like, throw flesh into the bag so we can see it, like, consumed.
0: There's a 50% chance... I didn't even know this about Bags of Devouring. I never had one. There's a 50% chance that Wish, Miracle, and True Resurrection don't work.
1: In what context? Uh, Just because you have one?
0: If you have been eaten by one. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost certainly that... You know, like Sam Arnson came to Gary. He's like, i got this great idea. Everybody has all these encumbrance rules. Nobody really likes it, so it's going to be a bag with magic space, you know, like Mary Related, to, related
1: to this a little bit, I'm really glad that you guys have a bag of holding and a handy haversack sack because I'm waiting for the day that you guys mix that up and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, put them and all of your stuff gets, like, destroyed in this, like, temporal vortex.
0: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that, but it's bound to happen one of these days.
1: It things. is bound to happen.
0: It's just, like... Greg, hold your breath, and we'll just put you in the handy Haversack and we'll sneak you in the place that doesn't like half-elves, and then all my stuff is gone forever. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you also be gone? If you're in the bag? Uh, I think as long as I can hold my breath, I'm good. It'll hurt.
1: Well, it creates a portal of the astral plane, I think, doesn't it?
0: I don't know. It just, it's not good. And then you
1: guys travel around the astral plane. Mm-hmm. You and all those palace guards that got sucked up in this process
0: <laughs> and the Tarasca Lich. that's He's true we like... have a Tarasca Lich kicking around the astral plane now but I imagine Sam going to Gary's like I got this great idea it's just gonna be like a messenger bag but you can put stuff in it mm-hmm. and pull stuff out like Mary Poppins and Gary's like yeah but there needs to be another one looks just like it and like
1: 50% chance of them just dying no save. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was like they'd sit down and come up with magic items like alright there's like this sword and it gives you boost to your armor class uh, just by wielding it. And it's all about truth. It's just like a magic sword. And, you know, it really, like, it like helps you be a defender. And it's like a righteous, holy thing. Right, cool. But there needs to be another one that just kills you. No no, save. All right. We can do that. Right, we also want, like, this candle. And when you light it, you can like, make a wish. You do that. Cool. But there needs to be another one. When you light it, you die. No save. <laughs> Sensing a theme here. By the way, uh, people out there that are new to role playing games, if you question whether or not a concept or rule or spell or anything in D and D was created by Gary Gygax, if there's any death effect and there's no save, (laughs) you can be pretty sure that he had something to do with it.
0: Uh, I'm here on the cursed items, and I just turning you know going through it. Holocaust cloak, right here.
1: Let's hear it. This cloak appears to be. What are the odds, by the way? If only we had a Holocaust cloak, that would be something. (laughs) If only we had a wheelbarrow. Why did
0: you not count them among our assets? Uh, The cloak appears to be a finely made, normal garment that radiates protective magic. The cloak can be handled or examined without harm. But when it's put on, it immediately bursts into flames that burn continuously. But do not harm harm the cloak, only the wearer.
1: I'm the the Dread Pirate (laughs) Roberts.
0: I am here, and you are here. But soon, you will not be here. (laughs) What I love about that scene is that's like the worst threat ever. (laughs) Like, it's just slow of, in Hitchhiker's Guide, um, Arthur meets somebody, I don't even remember who, and he goes, come on, Arthur, or you'll be late. And he's like, late, where to? to?" He's like, no, no, you'll be like the late Arthur Dent that was meant to be a threat. I'm not very good at this. (laughs) That is one step above, I am here and you are here, but soon you will not be here. Cloak deals 1d6 points of fire damage each round and cannot be removed unless the curse is broken. Sufficient amounts of water or smothering materials can dust the flames temporarily, but the cloak reignites when exposed to air. Spells like resist energy and protection from energy and similar effects can not protect the wear against the cloak's flames while they last. Hmm. It's just constantly on fire and there's nothing you can do about it besides removing a curse. Hmm. That's, um... No save.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah poisonous cloak and what have you. How would you roleplay that as a player?
1: Um, there's nothing I can do except burn. Burn. I guess I prepare for the inevitability of rolling a new character. Because unless I happen to have like a, like,
0: someone who can save from
1: curses. right? or, or like, uh, I guess if you... lift curse or something like that or like a ring of health regeneration unless like i happen to have that and they like equal out in such a way so that it's like keeping me alive but also burning all the time and until i can get this cloak off of me i i just feel like that's it for your character
0: i mean unless you can breathe underwater i don't see a way of living through this
1: i mean does it does it stop
0: burning just because you're underwater sufficient amounts of water can douse the flames temporarily but reignites when exposed to air but there's not a lot of adventures you can go on just water breathing
1: underwater. And water sphere. If you have a have a druid or a spellcaster that yep. knows those spells, um, if if I was at a party, and and now sp- we've got
0: Bubble Boy hanging around with <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah.
1: So now I'm like, so if there was someone in the party and that was happening, and I had Torben, I would cast you know like water breathing on them, and then put them in that bubble of water, and now we're carrying them around. Was what like, was the
0: bubble of water called?
1: Uh, water sphere, or something. Like that. I think that's what it's called. Sphere of Water?
0: It's probably called <laughs> Sphere of Water, but... Watery Sphere. Hmm. It's from Elemental Evil, for those of you who want to take a look at it. It's a fourth level spell, but what about Remove Curse? Because if this is a fifth level spell, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, I should look at 5e. Remove Curse, third level spell for hmm. in Pathfinder, but who knows about 5e?
1: But I did not think druids got that, did they?
0: I remember my... Uh, it's a third level spell. Um, clerics, paladins, warlocks, and wizards. But clerics don't get it. But, I'm sorry. Druids. Druids don't get it. Because I
1: remember um, uh, Ferris had it uh, as a cleric. This was your cleric of Nimbi Rambedazzle? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he was a trickster cleric. Um, he had... Actually, he could have taken Lift Curse... And instead, took bestow curse or, or, or give curse yeah. or whatever it's called. And for a long time, I, started, I was like, should I maybe give him both so that he can lift a curse if he needs to? Like, like
0: he can good cop, bad cop all by himself?
1: Right. It's like, listen, man, I've just cursed you. This is going to happen now. If you want to play ball with us? I'll lift the curse. <laughs> but I thought it made a lot more sense for the character that he'd say that and then be like, cool, we got what we need. Let's bounce. <laughs> we have all the information. Enjoy being on fire. You say you live the curse.
0: I say a lot of things. Oh, good Duffman reference. You don't get a lot of Duffman references in D <laughs> podcasts, but like here at Jam Hammer, this is this is why Chris Perkins tunes in every week.
1: <laughs> Duffman says a lot of things.
0: Oh man, that's not. <laughs> Remember when The Simpsons was good?
1: Yeah, I do.
0: Those were the days. Yeah, mine sounds like Peter Griffin too. I don't. There's nothing. Maybe it's maybe it's a New England thing. Maybe our New England is mixing with Archie Bunker getting. A... Do I
1: really have a New England accent?
0: No, you don't. Neither do I. Neither of us do. Yeah.
1: I mean, I do if I get drunk enough, but if I get drunk enough, all my R's disappear. It doesn't make any sense. But like normally, <laughs> I don't have. I'm not sure what my accent is. It. If I have one. Well, I mean, obviously I have one, but let, let us know, like, comment, and subscribe. People from Omaha, Nebraska.
0: What kind of accent would you say I have? Best answer gets a free Screen Junkies t-shirt. We what? don't have free Screen Junkies t-shirts. We don't have Screen Junkies t-shirts at all. Who, who the hell's Screen Junkies? Screen Junkies do Honest Trailers. But oh, they also okay. have, like, the, the. if you actually subscribe to them, uh, they also have, like, a show. And it's like, hey, here's, like, here's ten actors before they got big you doing You know what I
1: don't like anymore? I used to, like, CinemaSins. yeah. Yeah, I or like everything wrong with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't I don't really like that anymore. I, th- I think I unsubscribed recently because it was like, I was oh, what movie was I watching? Uh, what I was watching one of the uh, everything wrong with, um. What the hell was it?
0: Well, just to go on Screen Junkies, while you think about that? Uh, they always say, "Hey, give us an answer to this question," and best response gets a free Screen Junkie shirt. We will not give you a free screen drinking
1: shirt, but please tell us what kind of accent you think Connor has. I, I, I can't. I can't think of the movie that it was, but it But like a lot of the new ones, it's not actual. Like this is a bad scene, or like this was poorly written. It's uh like a sin counter goes up because the guy interjects and goes. By the way, I had a friend once that said something to me like this. It's like anytime he interjects, a sin counter goes up, and I don't feel like just because he had a quip to throw in there is necessarily a sin and therefore doesn't deserve a point. I don't know. I I think it's
0: like whose line, where the points don't matter. And I actually still subscribe. And they just did um the new Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen either, but I saw the the, the cinema since. I
1: remember it was it was uh it was the Batman the Killing Joke. Okay, yeah. And um so it's like a lot of the ones that he says like you know it's like thirty minutes with this Batman movie and we've still haven't seen anything to do with the Killing Joke. It's like that's a good point, but I thought that in that movie it was really important to set up. Batman's relationship with uh, With Barbara Barbara Gordon Gordon. and why it's not it's not just his Robin it's like this girl he had a relationship with and a lot of weird conflicting feelings about and now he feels extra responsible that this is happening to her yeah
0: because if you read Alan Moore's killing joke spoiler spoiler like, literally, you see Barbara Gordon when she opens the door and gets shot.
1: Right. So, I mean, unless you know a lot about the backstory here, you're like, oh, I mean, it's no different than if Robin got shot. It's like, no, it's very different than if Robin got shot. Because Robin got blown up. And Batman didn't go this far in that situation. <laughs> right. Um, and so I feel like that's an important thing. But, like, anytime he like interjected to be like, oh, you know, maybe you guys should be doing work in a library instead of sitting around talking about boys on a computer. And I'm like... As someone that lives with a librarian, um, I feel like that is a lot more of what they do... Like, actually, you know what? Anyone that's worked in an office, there's a lot more of just, like, casual conversation that happens as a part of the office environment. Like, the movie doesn't get a cinema sin for accurately portraying how people behave at work. Although he was absolutely justified in the fact that the CCTV was somehow following a moving vehicle (laughs) as though it was on a helicopter. You win that one, man, but...
0: But yeah, cinnamon says keep doing you because I enjoy it. And Connor's just like a gruff old man now.
1: You at, lost the, at
0: thirty. You lost the spark, man. You lost what made you fun. Used I have be, so much fun. Used to be about the music. It was literally never about the music. It was once about the music. No, Remember that band we were in. We were never in a band. I played the Calliope. No, I I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Do <laughs> you know the worst thingies? <laughs> I don't either. I have no idea. What a calliope is. It might not even be a musical instrument. I think it might. No, it's one of those like organ grinder things. I think that's a calliope. If I'm wrong, tell me what kind of accent what a is. <laughs> what
1: the hell's a calliope? It's one of the organ grinder things. I, I don't think it is.
0: You know, like the Song of Storms guy. I know. I, I know. We should do that, Major key. Calliope Come on Come on internet No
1: not Calypso I'm positive I spelled this incorrectly (laughs)
0: There's like all these pictures
1: There's all these pictures of these like Middle Eastern men wearing turbans And I'm like I suspect I've spelled this wrong. All right, here we go. Calliope. Here we go. It's, um...
0: (laughs) I think I spelled it wrong, too. Musical instruments that sends gas, steam... Okay, no, this is not an organ grinder thing. It's like an organ. Yeah, it's like an organ that runs on steam, somehow. So, like, like
1: like old circus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I, where I got the like presumption that it had to do with the. Uh, can I just say, you remember the writer's strike
1: a little while ago? Wait, the most recent one or the one like when we were in high school and college, when Doctor Horrible came out? Uh, I think that one. Okay. And uh, there was a recent writer's strike. Oh no, I'm sorry, there's a voice actor's strike right now. Yes. That's what I'm thinking of.
0: But the writer's strike and Which like is ruining video games for me. You done? I get to bitch about 5e for an entire segment. You want to say one thing about video games and I'm like, come on, man. We got to
1: move on. Hey, I was expecting this to just be calliope music (laughs) and I'm really bummed out. I have have calliope music
0: that it wants to play through the mic so it might have just picked that up. It might not have. Uh, I was thinking while we were looking up what a calliope was, it reminded me of like late night talk shows went on without writers so they literally... (laughs)
1: That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, It's like Popeye.
0: And they like, I remember once uh, Stephen Colbert had Mike Huckabee on and they like spun a roulette wheel to figure out what they were going to talk about and just stood (laughs) there looking at it for three minutes as it spun and spun and spun. When we don't have Tales from the Table, it's like, it's a writer's strike. We have nothing to talk about. (laughs) We have nothing and everything to talk about. We do. What would you like to talk about now, wonderful internet people? Do you
1: guys like that name? We gave that to you. I feel like. Wait, but do you do you self-identify as uh, wonderful internet people? You know what I was thinking. I know personally, I self-identify as an attack helicopter, but that's a totally different subject. I think we should we should make a T-shirt up on
0: Spreadshirt that's just like wonderful internet person. Mm. And I don't know what it would look like. I just that is a, a thought of an idea. It would just say
1: whip, and then then like italics underneath wonderful internet person.
0: You know, here's what I'm going to whip inflation now, right? No? Okay. Whip it. <laughs> Whip it good.
1: <laughs> I know
0: you have tons of work. I know you have tons of work to make all the cards uh, because we got a ship uh, this month and like finish up all the line art and what have you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think about who I want to ship, but it's... Oh, wait. Are, 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 oh, the cards. Oh, Do- see, see I, was, I, was, I was thinking about how I ship characters and anime. Do you
0: ship Stormpilot? Because I ship Stormpilot. Stormpilot? Uh, Poe and Finn. What? Poe, Dameron, and Finn? Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. I ship Storm Pilot hard. I can see that. Does J.J. Abrams listen, or do we just want him to listen?
1: I mean, I can see... I mean, Poe Dameron, there's nothing really to say one way or the other. Like, there's nothing that could, like, suggest a sexuality there. (laughs) I I think it's pretty safe to say that Finn is all like, Oh, oh, hey, what's going on, pretty girl? You're a pretty girl. Hey, you're the first pretty girl I've, like, literally seen that's not in, like, metallic armor. What's going on, pretty girl? You know, so... I mean,
0: Poe is the first pretty boy he saw. He seemed very... Flustered by him,
1: I think he was flustered because he was afraid he was going to die.
0: Well, maybe that's why he was flustered. With also, Ray. he doesn't
1: know how to pilot a tie fighter, so he's now also trying to use the guns. But you know, you know that you know maybe they grow closer and they have a couple wine coolers. Someone has recut, and uh, they um, they go out for for like a nice steak dinner. And uh, at first, Finn doesn't call him back, but then you know after like he's had a rough time at work, and you know they they text about it a little bit, and uh, then. You,
0: I was just being but no, i haven't thought about this at all <laughs> <laughs> someone has recut uh the force awakens to be a trailer for a romantic comedy uh with poe and finn and it's great if i could find they it they have like four scenes that... together yes and they're all like lovingly looking into each other's eyes and oh no you keep the coat that you picked up off the bedroom floor yesterday it's yours it looks great on you you look great by the way how you doing hey thanks for taking care of my droid it's nice seeing you hey
1: that's how I imagine Poe Dameron talks in my mind. You know how he talks. You've seen a movie of him talking.
0: I actually didn't didn't see Force Awakens. Is it good?
1: You're lying. I am. I was going to say. Okay.
0: There's a long list of movies that I should see that I haven't.
1: Fifth Element? Yes. The Indiana Jones movies? All of them. Saved?
0: Saved? Never great, heard of that. Great movie. Uh, Goonies I haven't seen. I haven't seen... Crash... Nobody saw Crash. Um, did you see Crash? No. No, nobody saw Crash. No,
1: nobody saw Crash. Guys, if you
0: saw Crash, please tell us what you think Connor's accent sounds like in the comments. Oh, what's that movie, um, Total Recall? Haven't seen that.
1: Seen to- Wait, which one? Either of them? Either. Yeah, I didn't see the new one. I didn't see Vanilla Sky. Is that good? I don't think anyone wanted to see Vanilla Sky. Uh, what's the one with the... Um... And the answer is no, it is not any good. <laughs> What's the one with Will Smith? Wild Wild West? Didn't see that. Independence Day? Didn't see that. Um, That's always a superhero.
0: It's called Hancock. Hancock, it. yeah. You didn't see it? I don't know that I've ever seen any movie with Will Smith in it.
1: You've never seen Wild Wild West? No. I, I would think that you'd love that movie.
0: i see seen Men in Black. Okay. One of them. How many are there now? Ten?
1: It's three. like land before time, right? Three, I think. Mega Man. So <laughs> it's so it's the first one is when he's trading J to replace him, and the second one is when they go and like bring him out of retirement to like one like for like one a newer, last job. One last job, and then it turns out he stays, and then the third one is when they go back in time and he has to deal with both him and his younger self. There's
0: time travel? Yeah. In the third one? Yeah. Even X Men made it to five before they decided let's just go back in time. Right.
1: By the way, (coughs) Old Man Logan. I'm so excited for the Logan movie.
0: I have not seen the trailer. Oh,
1: please watch it. It looks so good.
0: I'm going to see the movie. I went to see X-Men Apocalypse. That's how much I enjoy the X-Men movies. Of course, I'm going to see Old Man Logan. Is it called? I thought it was just called Logan. It's just called Logan, but the comic story is Old Man Man Logan. It sounds good because it's Hugh Jackman. Is this the last Hugh Jackman, Wolverine movie? Yes, I
1: think so. I think they're going to... I think, personally, they're going to end up replacing him with x-23 with the chick yeah it's like his daughter it's like his biological daughter they use his dna to make a new wolverine um and i would love to see that like his uh like some of his other children show up and you know carnage and uh, no you're that that symbiotes oh what was i talking about so yeah uh cursed items (laughs) are awesome and we are I'm going to put them in my campaign immediately. But you're never going to know when you get one. Until you do. And then you'll know. And you'll be like, "Oh, wow, that must have been what he was talking about. So, also, alignment restrictions. I'm going to put cursed items that have to do with alignment restrictions. Good it, luck to you. And we'll be back next
0: week with an actual Tales from the Table. Uh, and only two ads as opposed to three. That's right. 72 ads.